Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm absolutely blessed and grateful to be sitting here with Deborah Heiss. Deborah, how are you? Doing great, Tyler. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm happy. And uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about happiness today. We're going to talk a little bit about leadership. And I'm absolutely grateful to have the opportunity to speak with you today. So thank you for taking time and thank you for serving the listeners of Elevate Nation today. Well, it's my pleasure. And you know, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a different time that we have right now than when we originally scheduled this. But uh, I'm sure, you know, things like happiness and leadership haven't really changed. Just maybe the delivery of how we communicate those things have, uh, have changed quite a bit recently. But, you know, it's a, it's a good time to take a pause from everything that's negative and talk a little bit about happiness and the impact it can have on your life. Absolutely. No, that's, that's, a, that's a great reminder. And it's actually a great opportunity for us to say, how can we build lasting happiness in our life, right? Because times aren't always going to be rosy. They're not always going to be perfect. But what can we do to commit to happiness? And what can we do to commit to being a leader in our own life and a leader for the businesses that we build, the portfolios that we create, uh, you know, whether they're real estate related or otherwise. And so I think there's going to be a lot of validity in our conversation today, and I'm really excited about that. And with that said, I want to welcome Elevate Nation back because it's time to take it to another level. We are here to raise the bar. And I want to welcome you back to the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best are raising the bar in real estate, but also other businesses and in their personal life and in their own personal growth, you know, to where they can really lead themselves and others to greatness and beyond. And this is where we're going to talk about mindset. We're going to have to talk about habits, routines, systems, tools, strategies, and so much more from an individual like Deborah, so that you can apply this immediately into your own life. And I want to remind you that this is also a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing, which is really a vehicle and also personal growth and in their own life. And so uh, if you appreciate what we're doing, we would certainly be grateful if you subscribe to the show, if you give us a rating, a review. Uh, you know, it's very helpful for us as our, our mission is really to reach millions of people with this message because you actually have the opportunity of living a life of fulfillment rather than just one that you tolerate. I know that is for sure, and that's exactly what we talk about in the show. So with that said, I want to introduce you to Deborah Heiss, and her forte is building strong teams and leading them to embody the founder's vision and company culture, bringing the vision to fruition beyond expectation. With more than 20 years of leadership experience in a variety of roles within the multi-billion dollar direct selling industry, Deborah has successfully built and led strong teams to achieve strategic goals. Deborah has successfully chaired Neura's Global Steering Committee and directed the leadership team to position the company for new growth domestically and internationally. Deborah is driven to ensure that Neura continues to move forward as a unique model of positivity, diversity, innovation, and integrity in the worldwide direct selling industry. In addition to her position as Neura's co CEO, Deborah maintains her role as Chief Executive Officer of Live Happy LLC. Deborah is also the co-founder and editor, editorial director of the Positive Lifestyle magazine, Live Happy and the Happiness Movement. And she's also a graduate of Texas Tech University with a bachelor's degree in English. And she also holds an MBA from the University of Dallas. 
And her, I, I love this, uh, her favorite core value of Niora is to be real. When I walk down the halls of Niora, she says, I'm most proud of the teamwork of our employees and how they demonstrate daily and their passion for helping their brand partners. She's most passionate about creating an atmosphere where everyone can use their unique talents to accomplish a common goal, which is, in my opinion, the, uh, you know, really the descriptor of what a true leader is. And so with that said, Deborah, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more about yourself behind the bio. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. And uh, I probably need to uh, shorten that up a little bit for podcasts, but I, <laughs> it's hard to listen to yourself for that long, right? Um, you know, my passion really is, has always been in the personal development area. Um, in addition to uh, starting Live Happy Magazine along with Jeff Olson. So for those of you who don't know who Jeff Olson is, he is the best-selling author of a really important book called The Slight Edge. And if you haven't read it, you should. Um, I also was the uh, founding editor-in-chief of the existing version of uh, Success Magazine. Um, so I've really been in the personal development space on a, uh, I like to say on a learning uh, from, on, as a learning platform for almost 20 years. Um, you know, just getting the opportunity to, to, to sit at the feet, so to speak, of so many people in the personal development space. Um, it really inspired me to realize that we are all in control of our own lives. And then, um, you know, making that transition in, uh, you know, really the early, around 2011, 2012, to move into the happiness space and discovering that happiness, um, as we talk about it, isn't just personal development, it's personal development with science behind it, because we have all these people out there studying positive psychology um, and actually, you know, doing studies on what can we do to improve our overall personal well-being. Um, and I just became fascinated with it. And, you know, it, I, I have a, a, a very traditional corporate job at Neora. You know, I'm a co-CEO managing finance and operations and all of those fun things. But the reality is the softer skills of personal development and the things that you learn in happiness apply directly to those. So that's been a, uh, uh, you know, really that's been my personal journey that I've been on. And I'm just so fortunate that I've been able to blend that with my career journey. I love it. And I, I totally agree with you and totally resonate with you with the fact of uh, saying that we're all in control of our own lives, right? We get to choose yeah you know, really the, the thoughts that we believe. And that's one thing that I was able to really kind of change my life significantly on is, you know, not to realize that, you know what, as a human being, the evolution of a human being, you know, we've been sort of wired to look for the negative. We've been wired to look for the challenges in our life so that we can solve them and so that we can survive and pass on our genes, right? So I'd love for you to dive in a little bit more, you know, as you mentioned there, you know, personal development with science-based sort of understanding. Talk to me about the science of positive psychology. Well, you know, when we talk about positive psychology, it's really a relatively new science. I mean, a gentleman named Dr. Martin Seligman, who's at the University of Pennsylvania, was the head of the American Psychological Association um, about, I used to know the exact date, I can't recall at the moment, but uh, about 20 years ago. And he stood up as, as a founder of that organization and said it was time to to uh, not only look at psychology, the study and the science of psychology, as a way to make sick people normal, which is really what psychology was focused on for the prior hundred years, to starting to look at psychology is how can we make well, normal human beings thrive. So the study of positive psychology took a turn, actually was kind of born out of that, that, that keynote speech that he gave, and he's still um, a very significant leader in it. But we started studying 
what made average people successful, what would make um, ordinary people reach their, you know, their top human potential. Uh, a lot of the discussion of positive psychology is uh, around happiness, but when we talk about happiness, we're talking about the happiness is the emotion that you feel when you're striving to reach your full potential. This is not happiness in terms of, hey, I rode a roller coaster and I got an adrenaline rush or I ate an ice cream cone and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. This is the happiness of finding congruence in your personal life and the emotions that you feel when you're striving to, to reach your best potential. Um, and so they've you know, done a lot of studies on happiness and, and, and um, you know, what that means and how people can uh, have a higher, the way they classify it in scientific speak is not happiness, but a higher perceived well-being. Um, and what they've discovered is that successful people um, aren't happy because they're successful. People are successful because they're happy and by our, by our definition, right? So, you know, we always think that, you know, when I get the house, when I get the car, when I get the, when I get the job, when I graduate from college and I get the job and I can buy my own car and move out of my parents' house and I have a successful career and then I meet my spouse and I'll be happy then. Well, the reality is, if that's not in congruence with who you are, if you aren't doing what it takes for you to strive towards your best potential, meaning if you don't have your own personal happiness, the likelihood of achieving those things diminishes dramatically. Um, an interesting study that was done by a gentleman named Ed Diener was about income. And what he studied was people in similar jobs and people who had a higher positive well-being, so people that were happier, earn 30% more than their less happy counterparts in the same job. People are healthier. They live longer. Everything that you want in life is probably keyed on you finding this congruence, which we call happiness, in your own life. And here's the great news. There are things you can do to do it. It's a very, like Jeff's book, The Slide Edge. In fact, happiness is a slide edge activity. Yeah. There are things you do every day and thoughts you have every day and actions you take every day that leads you in the direction of being happier. So it's a great, I hope this is an overall, an overall view of to answer your questions, but really it's a great practice to research, study, develop. And here's the thing, it doesn't take a lot of time. What it just takes is a little bit of commitment. It doesn't even take the hour it takes to go to the gym. It just takes a few minutes every day and putting your mind in the right place. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year. Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Walk us through that. There's a few things I want to dive into uh, with with regard to what you just said. A few things, you know, that just stuck out to me and that I know have been true in my own life. They've been true in clients' lives and partners' lives that I've 
that I've observed and that I've just really lamented on with various different individuals that are important to me is that the emotion that you feel when you're striving to reach your full potential is when that true satisfaction, that true happiness, this true pride in yourself and the true pride in you know, putting yourself in you know, discomfort and overcoming obstacles and learning something new and becoming something more. I know for sure that that is when true and deep happiness occurs rather than, as you mentioned, you know, drinking the, the soda or having the, you know, the ice cream cone or whatever it may be. And I also know that the end result, you know, we're always, we're striving for goals. A lot of times, you know, we may have material goals. It may be, hey, look, I'm, I'm looking to strive to, to accomplish this so then I can buy this vehicle or whatever that may be or go on this trip or whatever it may be. So certainly it's good to have those things. But I just think that it's what you're saying is the science shows that it's really the journey and not necessarily the destination. And then also having a congruence with the understanding that it is about the process. It is about the daily kind of showing up. And as Jeff mentioned in his book, you know, it's making decisions. It's like your, your destiny is shaped in your moments of decisions. And also it sounds like your happiness is as well. It is. Um, you know, we talk about that striving and there's a, there's a book, um, a very, a very important book in the happiness space uh, by a gentleman named Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi. Don't ask me to spell it. Nobody can, but it's Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi. <laughs> Um, and it's a book called Flow. And have you ever been in that sense of when you're working and you just, you look up and an hour's gone and you can't believe the, it's been an hour? Yes. That's flow. It is great to have goals. We all know that. Um, but to have the goal at the expense of congruence is, is the problem, right? If what you really want is, is it, if what you really want is a mansion, right? And you get a mansion and you work really hard and you get there and you get that. In six months, it's a house. It's where you live. It's no longer, does not give you as much joy to acquire your goal as it does to drive towards your goal. And, and I think we all know that intuitively. I mean, the car that you wanted in high school that you may have gotten after you graduated from college, do you want to drive that car today? Um, maybe, depending on, <laughs> but most people probably not. Um, it, it is about aligning what you want out of life with how you're spending your time. So, you know, there's some simple practices and, 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 and some of it's just getting out of the negative space in your head. You mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, we all kind of live this, uh, looking for the problem to solve life. You know, that's genetically wired. We were for hundreds of years more worried about spiders, snakes, bears, tigers, than we were about, you know, the electric bill because the electric bill didn't exist. You think about it, human beings since, you know, 1900 have made dramatic leaps forward, which our genetics did not follow. We are still wired to look for those tigers. We are still waiting for what's going to come out of the woods and, you know, bite us on the leg, literally. And that puts us in a negative mindset, but it also means that we more naturally gravitate towards things like negative news. We turn, you know, if it bleeds, it leads because we're fascinated by it, because we're creating scenarios in our own heads. We create concern, we create worry. The vast majority of local news has nothing to do with us. It is very tragic that somebody got in a car accident. It's tragic that a convenience store got robbed. It's tragic, that, but honestly, what does that person lose? 50 miles from you, their tragedy have to do with your life. 
but instead we engage in it. We engage mentally in these listening to things that don't have anything to do with us. We engage mentally in negativity. Whereas if we stop doing that and instead engage on the other side, believe it or not, we can rewire our brains. So there's a real simple activity that's recommended by several positive psychologists. And all it is is every day, choose one of two, don't do, don't do both of these things, but choose one of these things. Either write down three things that you're grateful for. Doesn't matter what they are, other than they have to be specific. In other words, you can't put your wife, your son, and your daughter by their names every day and have that work. Because you have to really think through, what am I grateful for, and be specific. Just take five minutes to do this at the end of the day every day. Eventually, and here's the other kicker, They've got to be unique. So it's got to be three things different today than they were yesterday, right? Eventually, after 21 days, you're going to have, you know, six, you know, see if I can do it, 63, you know, you know, 66 things to be grateful for. Or 60, yes, yeah, sorry, 63 things to be grateful for. We've got to get our calculator out. Yeah, we, well, we shouldn't. <laughs> I'm usually very good at math, but the joke is I'm only good at math that has dollar signs in front of it. So, <laughs> 60, I like 60, that. Uh, so 63 things. But more importantly, you're going to have trained your brain to look for those three things the next day. If you've got to write down three things at the end of the day, they've got to be three distinct things that weren't from the day before or the day before that. You're going to start looking for those. The other activity is very similar. Instead of writing down three things that are, that are good, write down three, uh, three things you're grateful for. Write down three good things that happened that day, every day, for 21 days. Well, what the studies show us is not only does your personal well-being go up during the time of the activity, but even six months later, your, your, your perceived personal well-being, because really only we know if we're happy, right? You can't ask somebody else, is that guy happy? You can only ask that guy. But your perceived personal well-being is higher six months later than it was before you started, even if you stop after the 21 days. Because what you've done is you've kind of rewired your brain to look for good things in life and the good things that happen, um, not just be looking for the spiders and the, and, you know, and the other things. And part of this is minding what you put in your brain. I mean, the more negative you put in your brain, the more you watch the local news, the more you, and I'm particularly picking on the local news because it is particularly bad in most areas. <laughs> Um, the more you, more you put negative thoughts in your brain, the more your self-talk is negative. I mean, we all talk about, I can't do this, I can't do this. Well, imagine if you did. You can't, but imagine if you did. Because that's the only way you're going to get there. Because if you can't imagine that you did, how are you going to figure out the process to get there? It's a lot of the same things we learn from personal development, but it's got some scientific studies behind it. You know, be cognizant of what you're putting in your brain. Focus on good things. Look for good things. And suddenly you're going to find the world is full of beautiful, wonderful, good things and great people. And, and you have a lot to be grateful for. Because um, let's be honest, you were born here. Um, if you're probably, if you're listening to this podcast, you were born in the United States or you were born in a first world country with lots of advantages. We have a lot to be grateful for. I don't care where you fall in the economic strata of this country. We have a lot to be grateful for. Um, and we forget that and we need to remind ourselves of that daily. Yeah. It's, you have to put in the work to recognize that there are so many things to be thankful for and grateful for. And once you start to do this practice, I know from experience, it's like, wow, you start to recognize there's a lot more than three things that I could say every single day. 
And yeah. just a quick tip also that I recognize as I, I went through this process before myself was I said, all right, well, if I have to make a unique specific thing that I'm grateful for tomorrow than I did today, let me just start with today is ABC. Tomorrow is DEF, you know, and I'm going to start with the, the letters of the alphabet. I'm just going to go through the alphabet. So that was a, just a little bit of a tip that I, uh, that I used myself. So maybe that's something that the listener can uh, engage in themselves. But I'd be curious, what do you think actually happens in terms of the wiring of the brain? You know, one thing that I'm fascinated with is just the subconscious mind and mm -hmm. how it, you know, really, and also the reticular activating system. You know, one thing that I'm super passionate about in terms of goals and also designing a life is being intentional with how I'm using my subconscious mind and planting in information so that it finds it, right? Which it sounds like exactly with what you're talking about in terms of, you know, giving yourself the opportunity of having six months worth of results from a 21-day challenge. So what do you think actually happens in the mind during this process? You know, um, I'm not that kind of a, well, I'm not a scientist at all, and that, that, that is a, a stretch. But let me, tell you, let me tell you two different things that I know about. One is a study that was done with men who were in, you know, their 70s and 80s. And they were put in a camp that was decorated like they were in their 20s and 30s. And the only thing that they had access to was uh, – media from that time frame. So they had magazines and newspapers and pictures and, and all of these things from that time frame. And what they know was after living, the, the result is after living in that house for, or that camp for a couple of weeks, and they were only allowed to talk about things from that time frame. They literally had to pretend they were in their 20s and 30s. Their mobility got better. Their mental acuity got better. Everything about their physical, personal well-being got better because they were surrounding themselves with I'm young, not surrounding themselves with I'm old. And it makes a huge difference. Um, the other thing is a, a gentleman whose name I cannot remember, but I, he presented at uh, the International Positive Ecology Association meeting in, um, in, uh, that was in Montreal uh, four years ago now. But it was really um, insightful because he was a neuroscientist. And he was studying the effects on the brain, the effects on your health, the effects on cells of hope and happiness and positive outlook. And um, what he discovered was your telomeres, which are the things in your cells that, you know, kind of dictate your health and your longevity. People who are more hopeful actually had longer telomeres. So, you know, basically hope is a big component of happiness, looking forward, having a positive outlook. Um, it's a big thing. So what I, I don't know how it works, but I know scientifically it does work. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess for me being a, uh, being a layman, that's all that real, that's all that I really need to know is uh, having positive outlook increases your well-being, increases your health, increases, you know, your longevity, ultimately increases your success. Um, Obviously, positive relationships are better. Who wants to be in a relationship with a, a negative Nancy, so to speak? You know? Right. But th there is so much worthwhile focusing on your, posit on, on your positive outlook and on your happiness. But there's a couple keys around that. It's not a destination. You're not going to reach a point where, oh, I'm happy. I, I, I You're also not going to reach a point where, you know, the world isn't going to throw you curveballs. 
I mean, all you can control is yourself. You can't control what, you know, I usually say the driver next to you is going to do. He's going to swerve into your lane at any minute. You just, all you can do is build the tools to overcome the outcome, you know, to, to deal with the outcome. Um, so just keeping in mind that happiness is a journey, not a destination. And the other thing I think that's really key to happiness is one of the few things that grows when it's shared. It is our obligation to share our positivity with others. And I think that there's a, a bit of a world, actually we all know there's a bit of a world um, dismissal of the Pollyanna in, in all of us, but you can be positive without being a Pollyanna. And one of the biggest things in the workplace or in success is not engaging in doomsday talk or negative, uh, the water cooler talk. I mean, how many times have you talked to somebody about, you know, first thing in the morning, oh, my drive to work was absolutely horrible and I can't believe, and that's the way they start the day and that sets the tone for you every day. You try and be the person who goes, you know what, I had a great drive to work. I listened to uh, Tyler's podcast on the way and you should check it out. I mean, it is okay to be the, be the positive person in the world. And I think that we somehow need to give ourselves permission to do that because uh, we are kind of the outliers right now. Yeah, we are. And it's, it's, it's really important for us to understand the evolution that got us to this point and that it's really an uphill battle. It's, it's a little bit uncomfortable. You got to go through a little bit of discomfort and you got to be a little bit different and a little bit contrarian to accept a happy life and to accept a life that's filled with hope rather than despair, rather than negativity. Because if you're not careful, I mean, it's extreme. It's much easier to go to the default the default state. So what are you going to do to step out and be different? And I love the concept that you just mentioned that it grows when we share. And what a great concept that you can actually improve your own happiness, improve the own hope, your own hope uh, in your life if you share it with someone else. And if you are someone who can allow sort of a little bit of a domino effect for someone else and recognize that we all have thoughts that are negative, but what can we do to focus on the positive? And also, I just wanted to highlight just a few things. I mean, we're all striving to build a life and to design a life through our own personal growth, through building businesses, through our real estate portfolio. At the end of the day, if you think about it, what we're really after is probably happiness. It's probably freedom. It's probably, you know, impacting other people. But at the end of the day, we're seeking emotions, really. And it's, it's really interesting when you really boil it down. And not only that, but if you can actually you know, focus on these processes and just this way of life. As Deborah mentioned, you can experience perhaps even 30% more income. You can actually even lengthen your telomeres and, and neither of us are scientists here, but you know, if you study that concept, we're talking about longevity, we're talking about epigenetics, we're talking about health and, and quality of life, not even just longevity, but what does that all look like? I just think it's so exciting and we have the opportunity, we have the choice to draw the line in the sand and say, look, that was me yesterday and this is me today. And so what are we going to do to commit to that on a daily basis? And that's one of the things I think is so important with personal growth is, you know, we should certainly be proud of our commitment that we've already committed to and what we've done up to this point, but it is about showing up daily. It is about, you know, really it's, it's who are you today and what are you choosing to believe today and what are you choosing to act today? Um, so with that said, Deborah, talk to me about your own personal growth and, you know, what does that look like for you and what are you committing to, to showing up uh, on a daily basis yourself? You know, one of, one of my, uh, one of my biggest transformations since I started, uh, you know, really researching more about happiness as opposed to just traditional personal development 
um, was the concept of the importance of engagement. So um, I have three children. I have a family. I have a, a big job, I guess would be the best way to put it. A couple big jobs, actually. <laughs> um, and um, for me, the challenge was always, people are always asking you, how do you find balance? I don't believe in balance. I don't think there's a right amount of time to spend on one thing or another or, um, you know, I believe that you do what's important to you and you engage fully in what you're doing. So that means when I'm watching my children play hockey or soccer, I'm watching the game. I'm not on the phone having a conversation with, um, you know, somebody else. So that when they score a goal or they, do, they make a play or something, they look up and they see me watching them and cheering them. Well, the same is true in a business meeting. If I'm in a business meeting, I'm not on the phone. I'm engaged. I'm not texting. I'm not, I'm talking to the person, people I'm in a business meeting with. If, you know, you have a sales opportunity or you have somebody who needs some coaching, that is, a def that is their time. I am fully engaged with what I'm doing with them because that is building trust. It's building a stronger relationship. But more importantly, I get more done that way. When I go to the gym, I'm at the gym. I'm not, you know, or, or I, I'm not doing something else. I'm not thinking about something else. So for me, my biggest change in my last 10 years has been the ability to be engaged in what I'm doing, not just going through the motions. That means writing an email and reading the email, not just, you know, oops, I sent that and I do. You know. and, and, and it's hard. If you think about it, if you have that focus every minute of every day, you'd be exhausted. So you have to build in times where you're reading or playing or research or whatever it is you're doing. But engagement for me is a key. And that was a, and it's a big part of leadership for me as well, because I need the people that work with me, the, the team, um, the teams that the leadership team we have at Neora, the, the people I work with at Live Happy. Um, the, you know, I need them to feel like I'm present with them and I need to feel that they're present. So it just sets a standard of if, if it's important enough to do, it's important enough to take the time to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's been a big change for me because I used to be the, hey, I've got 400 emails. I got to get them all answered and I'm going to answer emails while I'm talking to you person. Right. I'm not that person anymore at all. Right. No. And that it's not easy as well. I, I totally can understand, um, you know, just being present with another individual and, and being out of balance, as you mentioned early in what you just said there was that balance is never going to be something that you fully accomplish in your life, uh -huh. especially if you're wanting to, you know, play at the highest level, especially if you're wanting to do big things, impact many people and be a leader. There's many different demands of your attention, of your energy. So talk to me about that in terms of your other leadership principles, I guess, so to speak, that you really live by. I mean, how do you instill motivation and inspiration within your team on a consistent basis? Well, I mean, it does benefit that uh, my co-CEO is Jeff Olson. So motivation and inspiration <laughs> does come from that side of the aisle quite a bit. Um, but to be honest, um, my, my transparency is huge to me. I don't think people should wonder whether they're doing okay. I don't think people should, should, should wonder that you've got some ulterior motive in what you're talking about. I think being transparent and being direct takes a lot of pain out of difficult conversations. Um, I'm really big on not being scared to have the difficult conversation. Um, it's huge because if you once, once you lose confidence in somebody, if you don't have the difficult conversation and get back on track on your confidence, they, they can't win. 
It's not about whether you can win, they can't win. And if, and if you're working with a large team and somebody can't win, that means the team can't win. Um, have the difficult conversation, but also remember, there's a, few, there's a few things about people you need to remember. When I leave the building, I'm no more important than the person who, who cleans the building, cleans the bathrooms after I go home, ever. Because my family, um, you know, my income provides for my family, their income provides for their family. They have people that love them. I have people that love me. No one on this earth is more important than anyone else. Your job may be more important to an organism, which is a business, but a business is not a person. Um, so just keeping that in mind when you deal with someone, particularly when you're having a difficult conversation, that they're a father, a mother, a son, a grandfather, a grandmother, uh, you know, whoever it is, treat them like you would want that, like you would want your own family member to be treated even though you have to have a difficult conversation. So that, that for me is a big one. Um, you know, the other one I actually practice quite a bit is it's not adult daycare, uh, which, like mean, yeah, which means I don't want to be surrounded by people that need adult daycare. I, I, I want the team and we have a team here and we're very blessed with having a team here that has been hired to do things that they are passionate about. The number one thing um, for success is if you're doing something that you're passionate about, you're going to do it. You don't need to be managed. You certainly don't need to be micromanaged. It's going to be an exchange of ideas. It's going to be a broadening of what the team can get done if you have the right people in the right seats. Um, you can hire people that have the right tools but don't have the right passion. And it's easier to teach tools than it is to teach passion. And I, you know, I know a lot of your listeners are independent. Same goes for people that you're you know, doing contracts with, or you're doing things with. Go for the person who's passionate and bringing the ideas, not the person who's, you know, waiting to be told what to do. And you're, uh, you're, you're going to have a lot more success because we are limited by our own individual timeline, right? I've got 24 hours in a day. That's all I can spend. The way to get more done is to have more people, you know. Um, Jeff has a great saying, which is two people, two powerful mind, two, two, two great people can make a third more powerful mind when working together. Um, and, you know, that's a, a philosophy that we have here. We're a very uh, flat organization. Um, we don't have layers and layers because we have contributors at all levels. And it's, it's I, I love it. I, I like that aspect of coming in and knowing that uh, somebody and we don't care who could bring the idea that turns the corner on anything or that makes the, or that makes the thing that much better. Our lawyer named one of our, uh, our, our, our promotional programs lately, recently. Now having a lawyer have a marketing idea is incongruent. You know, the Department of No New Business had a marketing idea, but it worked. <laughs> it was one of the best, the best ideas we'd had in a long time. Um, so, you know, for, for me, leadership is about transparency, listening, listening uh, having the big conversation because you need to have it. And um, most importantly, paint a vision of the destination. Because if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. Um, so, you know, paint a vision of where you're going and don't be scared to take the first step, even though it may be in the wrong direction. Because we can stand here all day long waiting for perfect information. And I see so many people do this. They stand, and particularly, you know, we're direct selling. We have independent contractors. People come in, they're passionate, they're excited, but they're waiting for perfect information to get started. You will never have it. Paint a destination on the wall and you may walk, you know, left, right, get way off track on your way there, but you're far more likely to get there doing that than you are standing still. 
um, and instilling that in people by paying a destination, destination, letting them know it's okay to make mistakes because we can always course correct is better than standing around. And um, it's an organization in motion as a result. And it's, it's a lot of fun. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Okay, Elevate Nation, you got to replay that because there's some absolute gold right there. And you know, I don't say that too often. Uh, there's, there's a lot of wisdom there. And I love just the concept of painting the vision of the destination because it's not going to happen unless you do as a leader, right? You know, as, as Deborah mentioned, you're never going to have the perfect amount of information. You're never going to have the entire picture. But what fun would that be if you did as well? This is, this is a journey. And also, I just love how there's so much of a correlation between the journey of your own personal happiness, your own personal joy, and you know, life quality, and also how that translates into your leadership. Have those tough conversations and engage in some challenging sort of dialogue with your people because it's not always going to be easy. And if you've painted the vision of the destination, you know, you're going to have to course correct. It's like what Jeff talks about in the slight edge is that, you know, a flight from New York to Los Angeles, you know, 98% of the time is off course. So what tough conversation do we need to have when we're over top of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, Virginia, we're over top of Virginia. We need to have a tough conversation. We need to get back on path because we're going South. We're going towards Florida right now. We need to go towards California. So, I just think it's so important for leaders and people who are building that vision to be bold and then to continue to do the hard things and recognize how much satisfaction, how much joy can you build within your own life? How much more results can you create through that process? But then also, how much more longevity, how much more health can you create at the same time? It's, it's, uh, it's totally the, uh, you know, it seems like the recipe for life success. So I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, Deborah, talk to me about what are you guys doing now to raise the bar? Because we're always, you know, with Elevate, we're all about sort of getting to the next level and expanding our limits. So what, what's going on in your company or, or in your, your leadership team in terms of going to that next level? Well, you know, we went through it. We went through a time frame where, um, you know, we had to reinvent ourselves. Um, we are a, we are a direct selling company that is extraordinarily customer driven, which means that um, eighty percent of what we sell goes direct to a consumer who is buying from their friend who has no idea that there's a compensation plan attached to it at all. They buy the product because they love it, um, which is very different from the majority of our brethren in in. in, in so we had to kind of go through a reinvention and we had to recognize that we looked at our field and our field was filled with people who were, uh, you know, yes, they're entrepreneurs, but they're housewives, they're nurses, they're teachers, they're, and, and we had to quit trying to have them do business the way we'd always looked at doing business. We had to listen to them and say, oh, this is the way they can be successful. And we started leveraging that. So it really took a lot of, um, you know, I guess a lot of talking to and working with our field to identify that we need to give them the tools so that they can succeed and not try and teach them how 
we would succeed if we were doing it because it's a very different person sitting in an executive office than it is sitting in their home. And we learned a lot from them. So we went through a reinvention and it's been a lot of fun. It, we, we went through that really started last year and the beginning of this year kicked it off. And even right now we're experiencing month over month growth and have been all year, which is uh, in the, domestically in the United States and Canada. And now we're looking, now that we've done that here, we've got an international organization. We're looking internationally going, okay, what are we missing there? How are we, how do we stop imposing what we think is the right thing to do and start looking at what's working? Somebody here once said we had to have this organization and they said, I'm not going to pay attention to that organization because even though they're growing, they're doing it wrong, right? They're growing, but they're doing it wrong. And finally we had the aha moment. Wait a minute. They're growing. You're not. Why am I listening to you? Why am I not listening? And we've got to do that. Uh, so we're going through that process internationally right now as well. And so that's invigorating. Um, now that's on the Neora side. On the Live Happy side, um, you know, it's a little more nuts and bolts because it's a media company, but we're launching a daily happiness briefing on Alexa. Um, so uh, starting May, you'll be able to say, Alexa, give me my daily happiness briefing. Ooh, that's awesome. <laughs> and along with our uh, podcast, Live Happy Now, which uh, we've had more than 3 million downloads and we've got about 300 300 episodes out there right now. It's been a, a raving success. We're just on a mission to share happiness with as many people as possible and get people to understand that this might be the key to you achieving what you want to achieve in life, or at least have helping you recognize what it is you want to achieve. Because my dreams are going to be different than yours and are going to be different than some people. They don't want material success. That's not what they're after. And that's okay. That, that's, that's, you know, bless. Uh, you know, they, they want to help as many people as possible. But you can help as many people as possible and achieve material success at the same time. I mean, it's not, they aren't differing ideals. So, you know, just going, you know, happiness is the key to discovering what really gives you that flow, gives you that, that mission, gives you that sense of, hey, I'm where I should be right now. And, um, you know, so on Live Happy, we're broadening the ways that we reach people. So that that's always exciting. Yeah, I think it's a great reminder for all the listeners is that, you know, while you may have some discontent in your life, maybe you're striving for more, you are still where you are supposed to be right now. So take that, you know, have, have some gratitude for your place in the journey right now and be grateful for your drive to accomplish more and to create more in your life and, and to give back to others. And, and I love the reframe as well, you know, because at the end of the day, the more people you help, you know, the more material success you may be able to experience yourself as well. So I think that's amazing. And also I wanted to highlight, you know, I asked you this question and you're demonstrating great leadership in the fact that you're saying, all right, well, what ideas do our people have for us? You know, we don't have all the ideas as leaders. I think that's another thing that's super important for us to highlight is that, you know, we may paint the vision of our destination, but at the end of the day, we may not have every answer, right? We may, we don't have all the information at any given point in time, as you mentioned earlier. So what can we do to engage the people who are a part of our vision with us or a part of our organization? And if you're a real estate investor, you know, what can you do to engage your property manager? What can you do to engage your administrative team, your residents, your tenants, or whatever it may be, whatever asset class you're investing in. Uh, and the same goes with all businesses. So I just think there's so much to be highlighted there. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Deborah, what are you most excited about these days? What, what's, what's really getting you invigorated today? Uh, you know, 
we're so we're right in the middle of a transition, like I said. So that that's fun. Um, the other thing that's really fun is we have a team here at the office that you know, you look and you look and you find the right pieces and you think you found the right pieces and then you find out and 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 I really I feel like we found the right pieces for the first time in a long time. Um, some of the other pieces we had were the right you know the right people for the time. You know, you have the right people for now, but they aren't the right people for then. Um, so I'm excited about the team that we have coming together. I'm actually, um, you know, excited about getting everybody together because we haven't been able to do that in a long time and that exchange of ideas. Um, it's really um, fun because we've, we've done a lot of, uh, we've done a lot of course correction over the last three years and it put, in a, put us in a position now to where we're actually focused on growth and focused on the fun stuff. Because for me, growth, you know, I'm not the right, if you want, if you want to make 1% more per year, I'm not your, I'm not your kid, right? I'm not, the, I'm not the person you want to have in the seat. That's not exciting. What's exciting is taking it to more people and getting out, uh, getting, getting more people involved, getting, growing, being larger, impacting more lives. That's what's important to me. Um, I want to give you an example of a goal setting real quick, because uh, we have this project called Happy Acts. And we started it five years ago, and basically we put up large orange walls in public places on the International Day of Happiness, which is March 20th. Um, and the first year we did 30 walls in like, um, I think it was in six countries, and you know it was phenomenal. We were super excited about it. Well, three years later, we met and we set a goal of a thousand walls. So last year, and so, I had people on Live Happy, how are we going to do this? And they came up with all sorts of ways I never would have thought of. A way to, uh, you know, to, to host a wall in your own home, a business kit, a download. Now, this is things people volunteer to do for us. They don't get paid for this. They stand out and they ask someone who's walking by to fill out a card that says, I will make the world a happier place by. Fill in the blank, put it on the wall, get an orange bracelet that says happy acts, move on. It's a social intervention day to make people aware of happiness. Um, we did 1,700 walls five years after we did 30. Total volunteer army. People were buying their own supplies, hosting their own walls because we put out there a goal and talked it into existence and the team found more ways to engage more people. And the only thing we really changed was our goal because before it was we need to own the day and we need to live happy on all of these walls and this is a live happy promotion. We changed it from being that to being a promotion of happiness. And we don't care if your wall's orange. We don't care if it's in your house. We don't care if it's in a school. What we care is you come to our website, happyacts.org, and register that you put one up there and send us a picture. That's all we care about. And just that reframing of what we were after, what we're really after is to make people aware that happiness makes a difference, not to have live happy on an orange wall in every city. That'd be nice. But I guarantee you, if Happy's on large orange walls in a lot more cities than it would have been had we not reframed our goal, which was to introduce as many people as possible to the concept that they're responsible for their own happiness and they can make the world a happier place. So that's one example of a reframing of a vision that changes activity. Speaking it into existence and getting rid of you know, really fretting over the how and just letting it happen, bringing in the who and the why and speaking it into existence and having some faith that it will come true and maybe it'll come true even greater than your wildest dreams. So what a, what a great reminder and a great inspiration for us all to create that vision 
and to step into that and, and allow the universe, allow others to create that vision with us. So I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Deborah, I'm sorry. And don't limit your vision to what you can imagine. Ooh. Don't limit it to what, because if, if, if you think about it, it if we limited what one person could imagine, we probably wouldn't have a computer today. We so true. Might, might not have an automobile today. Collective visioning does, does benefit. That's so true. And it, I'd like to think that I'm creative and I think big and I think outside the box, but we all have our own sort of limits in terms of what our, what our brain is allowing us to see right now. So as you mentioned, it may have been before we started this discussion, but two minds can create that third mind. How many different minds can you bring in to this discussion or to this brainstorm? How many different, you know, more powerful minds can you create through that process? So I love that. Um, Deborah, I want to uh, transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. And it's all about, you know, raising the bar and scaling the mountaintop and, and going through a little bit of discomfort to experience what's on the other side of that discomfort, which may be happiness, which may be joy, which may be satisfaction in our own progress. But I'd love to know um, if you were to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read, what would those be? Well, the slight edge is way up there um, for me. Um, you know, gosh, I've read so many books. Um, you know, Good to Great, when it first came out, was very impactful for me because I'm, you know, I'm on the corporate side managing large teams, and that really changed the way we looked at that. Um, you know, uh, uh, another um, Adam Grant's Give and Take is a really good, um, more recent book that I've, I've, I've well, it's not that recent. And then I, I love Malcolm Gladwell's um, out, Outliers. Those are oh, yeah. books that I just think about a lot and how, how does what I'm working on right now fit within that? Yes, and how can you attain 10,000 hours? How can you, you know, study and, and grow and practice and, and get into the zone really because that's what the outliers are living in that zone as you mentioned earlier. But yeah, some great books there. Um, I'll definitely put links in the show notes of all those books. So appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Deborah. outside of what we've talked about today, what would you say is the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Oh, outside of what we talked about today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm giving you a tough one on that one. <laughs> uh, you know, I am, um, uh, I, I'm an introvert. I'm an extreme introvert. So for me, uh, my number one uh, strength is love of learning. So probably the way that I elevate myself is I am constantly reading or consuming something. And it's usually nonfiction. It's usually, uh, you know, either uh, I love biographies. I love, I, you know, I just, I love history. I love the way people got to where they are. So I think scheduling the time for myself to feed my love of learning is probably a real, um, a real way that I elevate my own life. I love that. What would you say is the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Well, I'd like to think it's by being, um, you know, being present, um, just making sure that they know that they're appreciated in my life. Um, I, I, and that, that they're important enough. And, and I think one of the cautions here is we all have lots and lots of people in our lives. If they're important enough to engage with, they're important enough to have your attention. Well said. Well said. Deborah, is there any other parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation today? You know, I think probably the main thing I'd like everybody to remember is happiness is a choice that you make every day. And I don't mean the emotion, but happiness is a choice you make every day. It's one of your, 
one of your processes, you go to the gym, you, you, you eat right, you, you, you read, you do your to-do list, um, but happiness is a choice. It's not something that just happens to land in your lap. It's something that you have to work at, and it's something that uh, deserves your attention. Because um, like, like we said earlier, it's about longevity. It's about success. It's about having what you want in life. And, uh, you know, really, who wants to go through life being miserable? <laughs> Take the time to work on it. There's lots of resources out there for you. Check out livehappy.com. It's a good starting place. Happiness is a choice, and the listener made a great choice to listen to this show today, and we made an absolutely phenomenal choice by bringing you onto the show today. Deborah. thank you so much for your time and, and your wisdom. Tell the listeners how they can learn more about what you do and engage with you further beyond Elevate. Um, yeah, like I said, livehappy.com. Um, you can follow me on Facebook at uh, Deborah Heiss, uh, Deborah K. Heiss, um, or um, you know, Twitter at uh, Deb Heiss. Um, but I'd, uh, you know, most importantly, can just email me. Just email me, editor at livehappy.com. They all come straight to my desktop. But um, I'd love to be able to share, uh, you know, any, any, any answers to any questions you may have. And, uh, you know, there's tons of great resources out there. Well, not only does your happiness grow when you share happiness, but also your knowledge, your wisdom, your, you know, your growth shares when you share your growth with someone else. So I encourage the listener to share this with someone else and pay it forward. You know, what are your top three distinctions that you took away from this show? Hopefully you took notes and you're going to go ahead and apply those lessons immediately into your own life, to your own business, to your own leadership journey, to your own happiness journey. Um, so before we see you next time, we want to make sure that you take massive action. So make sure you do that. And uh, again, Deborah, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Tyler. It was great. Absolutely. Elevate Nation. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.